Hey, Digging Deeper fans, this is Stu from the Inroads Podcast. Before we get you to our conversation, I wanted to share some news with you. We've started our fall donor drive, and now is your chance to get a gift for your reoccurring donation to Appian Media. Everyone who gives a monthly gift of $10 or more will be shipped this great gift. You can go to appianmedia.org slash donation to learn more and to make your monthly reoccurring donation. I'll share what the gift is a little later in the podcast. Now, let's get you to the show. If you're a parent, you already know that raising a family is hard. Why is it so important to teach your children about the Bible? That's our discussion on the podcast today. Welcome to Digging Deeper, the podcast where we talk about the geography, archaeology, people, and cultures of the land of the Bible. By exploring these areas, we hope to broaden your understanding of the biblical narrative. You can learn more about us all here at Appian Media and watch our free videos series at www.appianmedia.org. Before we start today, let's talk real quickly about our sponsor, Memo Marketing. Recently, Appian Media has teamed with Memo Marketing to update our website as well as provide a number of other marketing ideas for helping us to promote the work that we're trying to do. We're happy to have them on board, and we'll say a little bit more about them later in the program. All right, Dan, welcome back. Well, thank you. Well, today we're going to talk about teaching your children about God. And this is something that uh, Dan and I have experience with, uh, mostly because uh, of the number of children that we have. Now, let me uh, let me tell you my uh, <laughs> roster, and then we'll get to uh, Dan's roster. Uh, I have Tabitha and I have three kids, and uh, Jacob is twenty three. Uh, Samuel is eighteen, nineteen, and Elizabeth Ann just turned sixteen. And so, my kids, uh, two of them are, have moved away from home now; they're in college. And uh, Elizabeth Ann is still at the house. And so we have uh, spent, you know, a, a good bit of time over the last you know, 20 years trying to find the best ways to talk to our kids about God. Now, uh, everyone get comfortable. Dan, tell us about your kids and their ages. Uh, they're just six of them. Uh, just six. Yeah. Okay. Just six. All right. But I start at Samuel, who is 15, and then we work our way all the way down about every year and a half. So then we have Lydia, we have Esther, and in about a month, we're going to have three teenagers in the house. Oh, boy. And then we have Mary, Phoebe, and Josiah is our eight-year-old. Okay, wow. Okay, so uh, I would describe your house as busy? Chaotic. (laughs) Chaotic. Well, that's interesting because uh, obviously um, trying to raise kids and, um, and teach them about God, especially in this world and everything's going on today, uh, that's a difficult job. I mean, it's it's not any more difficult than it was years and years ago, but the, the struggles are different. Different, but at the same time, the basic problems seem to be the same thing. Right. Nothing is new. And one of the, of course, one of the things that Dan and I like to do is look toward the Bible. The Bible is an incredible uh, instruction manual on how to raise kids. And, uh, you know, there's there's things in the New Testament, there's things in the Old Testament. and But I will tell you that one of my favorite passages to read about that uh, comes from Deuteronomy 6. Absolutely. And this is a passage in which Moses is talking to the people. He uh, Moses is 
is uh, going to be dying soon. He knows that he's not going to go into the land. And he gives the people some instructions. And so in Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, beginning in verse four, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children as you talk to them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And I think, Dan, this is the way that I'm sure you and Paula and me and Tabitha, this is the kind of verses that we look at when we're trying to raise our children. Oh, absolutely. The all-encompassing nature of training and and guiding your children, it's it's actually intimidating when, when you think about it. But right after we got married and before we had children, we did a bunch of different parenting classes trying to right. get an idea of what it is, but sometimes you just got to jump in and do it. That's right. And then you think you got it down with one child and then another one comes out and you're like, how can we have six completely different children all from the same DNA? Right. That's you right. Know, it's just, there's six different personalities. They all learn different. They all uh, just behave differently. And, Unfortunately, there's no one-size answer for each child. Right. But that's the beauty of the Deuteronomy passage is you're constantly training and instructing. Yeah. And you're doing it around the clock, and you're looking for those teaching opportunities. That's right. In fact, one of the things I love about this passage is that he lists some teaching opportunities in here. And the one that jumps out at me is the phrase, when you walk by the way. And that one is interesting to me because— very soon after this, Moses says this, they enter into the land, and God gives them some instructions about going to Jerusalem, you know, th- at least three times a year for the yeah. feast. And, you know, take like a little family from the Galilee area. This walk that they went from Galilee to Jerusalem, this would have taken them most of a week to do. And along the way, they pass a number of places. And I can just see. You know, a a dad, as he's walking along the way with his kids, saying, hey, kids, you you see that hill over there? That is Mount Carmel. Now, do you remember me telling you the story about Elijah and the prophets of Baal? Well, that happened right over there. You know, God showed his power in that contest on that hill right over there. They had a monument set up for the crossing of the Jordan River when they came into the land. And if you walked by and your kid said, hey, dad, what is that pile of 12 stones? And he said, oh, that's where we put that up after we crossed the river. Right. Okay. They have the facts, but it didn't leave an impression on them. Right. And so just like you're talking about Mount Carmel and the battle with Elijah, if you walk by those rocks and you say, oh, you don't know what those rocks are? Okay, sit down. Yeah. Okay. Just imagine this is flooded. The river is miles wider than it should be. That's there right. is no way to cross. There's over a million of us sitting right there wanting to come in. Yeah. And the waters, see way down there, 12 miles away, the water just started stacking up and the river dried up. We came in and the people of Jericho were so shocked that we were able to do that. Right. And if if you let them know the impact it had on you, you won't have that generation falling away as easily because they know 
what you went through and what you learned. And that's the same with us today. We need yes. to impress on our kids absolutely. what God has done for us and well, the faith that we have. And that, that's absolutely true. And that that's why this phrase means – I love the way that, that thing is worded because as the people walked across the land when they went by Mount Carmel or they went by the site down by the Jordan River, it gave opportunities for the parents to talk to their kids about God. In, in a way, that's what we're trying to do here at Appian Media. Yes, you know, we all have or know young kids that, that we want them to learn about God, and we want them to learn about what God can do, you know, for all of mankind, has done and continues to do for mankind. And so that's why we started what we're doing with creating the videos and things like that, especially with videos, because you know what? If, if you're under 20 years old, you don't remember a world without YouTube. Well, we'll be showing our age. There's a lot of things they don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, uh, it's a very visual society. Yeah, everybody has their phone. Everybody has access to a lot of media. Right, instantly. One of the one of the great things that I've loved about working with Appian Media is the fact that uh, we hear these stories about how um, people have used the videos, and especially the stories that I love is when you see parents and kids, you know, either looking at the videos. And it's not just looking at the videos. I love the fact that the videos spur conversation. Yes. Because one of the things that I love about young kids is that they ask a lot of questions. And we want them to ask the right questions. Well, and and with that asking of questions, I think going back to the genesis of creating Appian Media, part of it wasn't just to make video for video's sake. Right. It was to get people back in the Word. That's exactly right. To get people to look at the gospel. Yeah. And one way of doing it is the videos create that conversation and you can point people back in. And when it's kids, there's more senses involved in the learning. Yeah. You got the visual, you got yeah. the hearing and it just, it and, and kids more. and kids today, I mean, for, for better or worse, you know, they've got their, they got their faces stuck down into a, in, into a phone, a good, a good bit of the time. And, you know, we were thinking, well, let's, let's, let's put something on that phone that will teach them about God. Yes. And that's what that's what our plan was. Okay. That's some of the ways that Dan and I, uh, you know, we've talked about uh, how we teach our kids and what we do. Uh, when we come back from our break, Dan and I had the opportunity to travel with a family this year to Israel who made the decision to take their child with them and to teach them about God. And we want to introduce you to them when we come back and uh, listen to what they have to say. We want to take a quick break and tell you about our sponsor, Memo Marketing. They're a full-service marketing company that specializes in web design, strategic marketing, social media management. They build apps and do a whole lot more. In fact, Appian Media worked closely with Memo Marketing on the redesign and relaunch of our website. And that tool has been integral in helping us to create a new membership model. Oh, absolutely. Trying to be more sustainable. We have been able to have Memo Marketing transform the way we look at fundraising and help us to be more sustainable. That's exactly right. So if your company is looking for a strategic marketing to help grow the business, check out Memo Marketing. You can learn more about them by going to their website. That's memomarketinggroup.com, memomarketinggroup.com. All right, back to the show. Last July, we had the opportunity to travel in Israel as part of a group, and the Jones family was there with us. And I think you knew uh, Manna, from earlier. Uh, I've first time I met them was on the trip. They are amazing. Um, but uh, part of what we did when we were there is we sat down and said, hey, 
y'all are just a really cool, really neat family. Can you talk to us about your decision to come as a family to Israel and tell us a little bit about what you learned and how you prepared? Yeah, that's right. And, and what was really interesting to both Dan and myself was the fact that uh, they decided, Tim and Manna, made the decision to bring their daughter Riley with them. And that's a uh, that's a unique decision and, quite frankly, fairly expensive decision, I mean, to, to make a to make a choice like that. And so we wanted to sit down there and ask and talk to them about it. We asked them a couple of questions, one of which was, how has this trip changed the way they study the Bible as a family? And so this is an interesting question because when we had this conversation with them, we were still on the trip. And so they, they haven't even made it home yet. But their answer was really interesting. Uh, Craig, if you'd cue up that first audio uh, of their responses, we'd appreciate it. Before we came on this trip, I, I sat down with Manna and Riley one night and said, hey, so I want us as much as physically possible to study these locations. Let's go through the itinerary once a week. We'll just take a day at a time, a city by city look at where we're going to go. And ahead of time, we're going to study as much as we can historically, biblically, and try and have, and I, I, I teased with him, I said, let's, let's try and have Barry's level of understanding of Israel <laughs> by the time we get to Israel, which I know is, is uh, a challenge. But um, uh, So we did. Um, ten weeks out, we, we went day by day down the itinerary, and once a week we would sit down as a family and we would watch YouTube videos, we'd read Scripture, we'd pray together, um, and it... It gave us, preparing for this trip gave us a a purpose that I, as a spiritual leader of my family, had not given attention to. Um, And so being in country, being in Israel, and and listening to stories about men like Abraham and others who would have had a very specific spiritual purpose with their family, um, I want to go back and I want to maintain that. I want us to go back and... And, you know, for the next 10 weeks, let's sit down and make our way back through the itinerary and then to go back to those same scriptures and read them again, having the ability to recall in our own memory the, the scenes of Dan and Betshan and Caesarea Philippi and all those different places. Here's what I love about Tim's response to that is that he took the itinerary that we had given him for the tour, and they went through the itinerary and took time out of their day to study uh, each of the places we were going to visit. But you don't have to go to Israel to do that. No, not in today's Internet age. That's, that's right. I mean, you don't have to have an itinerary to go through. There's plenty of stories in the Bible that, uh, f- that have geographical locations in them. You know, take um, the last week of Jesus' life before his death, burial, and resurrection. You know, Jesus visits a dozen different places. Take some time every night and study those places. Don't just study what happened that week, but study those locations, because studying that will help you understand what happened as well. Well, and geography and knowing it does help sometimes with relating stories. When Jesus raised the young man at Nain, that was right next to the city where a young man had been raised in the Old Testament. Right. And people would have remembered those locations and been like, oh, I'm seeing a connection here. That's right. And so you can see those connections 
if you pull out an atlas when you read or if you, you know, and you, and you really research some of these areas. Right. Uh, incorporating the study of geographical sites into your Bible study uh, is so beneficial. And I think it, it really does reach out to the young people. I mean, help them to understand that these are real places and these are real events that, that you know, that happened. Yeah, we commonly use the word Bible stories. Yeah. And when you hear the word story, you think a fairy tale or something made up. But, you know, in some ways, Bible narrative is better because right. we can use the word story, but people need to understand that these are true stories. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So that was that was one of the questions we asked them. The second question had to do with what would you tell people who wanted to travel to Israel, who wanted to do exactly what they did? What would you tell people about that? And then, but there was another aspect of that, and that was, what if you're unable to travel? Because most people aren't, and 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 that for a variety of reasons, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, as we've stated earlier, you know, when we all get to heaven, most people in heaven will have never set foot in Israel, so it's not something that obviously you have to do. So, what would you encourage other people to think about uh, if they're unable to travel? All right, Craig, can you play that second? When we first married, right after we married, we moved to Texas. And we had been out there only a short while, I mean, a couple of weeks, three weeks maybe. And my mother said, I want to come out there. I just need to see where you are. It wasn't enough for her to know that we were in Beaumont, Texas, in an apartment. She said, I just need to see it so that when I'm back home and you're you said, tell me on the phone you're cooking in the kitchen or you did whatever, I can see that. And that's kind of how I feel now when I read Scripture and I can see it. Now, not everybody can maybe make this trip. I wish everybody could. But not everybody can make this trip. But there's, there's so much out there. Videos, books, commentaries, just talking to people who have been there to go deeper in Scripture to help you see things as you've said to me before, in color <laughs> and not just black and white. Such a great thought and words of wisdom. Yes. That a superficial understanding is not what's desired. Right. And just like the name of the podcast, Digging Deeper, uh, her encouraging everybody to have a deeper understanding of the biblical text of what is going on is something that is imperative. And that's Right. I love the attitude that she that Mana has about that. I mean, uh, I, the story that she told about her mother, you know, coming out to Texas. That's that that's beautiful because that was Mana's impression. Now that she had been to Israel, was that now she knew the places. But I think it's also important what she said in the second part is that this is not a requirement, and there are ways of doing this, and 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 you should use the study of biblical geography to talk with your kids. Absolutely. And and use that uh, to talk about the places and the events, because once you realize that the places and the events and everything that happened in the Bible is true, then it becomes a question. How are you going to allow that to reflect in your life? Well, in circling back around to Deuteronomy, the passage didn't say when your child has messed up and you're needing to teach them, this is the time to teach them. Every period that it mentions are periods of non-conflict, right. which says that the, us as parents, especially us as fathers, as the leaders of our, our house, uh, the spiritual leaders, we need to be looking for those moments 
of non-conflict, and it's going to take time, it's going to take work, but we need to be looking for opportunities to teach. From the beginning of time, it has always been God's plan for husbands and wives to have children. But God never said that raising and training your children would be easy. In all honesty, it's a 24-hour-a-day job. But it's a job that must be done. In 40 years, the children of today who are sitting in Bible classes will be the leaders of our congregations. They will be the preachers, the teachers, and the parents of the next generation. These children need to hear about God. But more than needing to hear about God, they deserve to hear about God. They deserve to hear about how God created everything in six days. They deserve to hear about how God put a rainbow in the sky as an eternal promise to mankind. They deserve to hear how God parted the waters of the Red Sea for His people to walk through on dry land. And they deserve to hear about the love God has shown to all of us by giving us His Son. But they won't learn any of that unless we, as parents, listen to the words of Moses as he encouraged the people. By extension, Moses was speaking to us as well. He tells us to teach our children diligently and to teach them when we sit in our house and when we walk by the way and when we lie down and when we rise. Folks, we need to use the wonderful family relationship that has been provided to us by God as an opportunity to learn more about Him. Digging Deeper is a production of Appian Media. We're a nonprofit media production company that is 100% crowdfunded. If you are interested in learning more about how you can support Appian Media so we can continue to create more great free content, visit us at appianmedia.org slash digging deeper. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can reach us at dan.kingsley at appianmedia.org and barry is at barry.brittnell at appianmedia.org. We would love to hear from you and answer any questions you might have. We have a special thanks to Craig and Stuart and Jet and the rest of the Appian Media team who are doing their part to make this a success. We also thank all of our donors who are making this possible as well as our corporate sponsors. Next time, you can join us as we travel to a really, really cool place. We're going to visit Jacob's Well in the modern city of Nablus. Until then, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you on the next episode of Digging Deeper.